Spice Radio, 1200 AM. This is the Morning Buzz with Mankiran and Natasha. We were having some connectivity issues, but we have finally now connected with Margaret Dovgal. She is the Managing Director at Resource Work Society. And this week's topic is Opposition to Canadian LNG in Context, an update from the subcontinent. Margaret, so glad we connected. How are you? I'm great. Uh, telephone system isn't treating me too well, but uh, I'm glad we could uh, make it work finally. Exactly. See, that's how people know that we're actually doing this live, right? Because when things like this happen, sometimes people go, is this really live? Yes, this is live radio. So all part of the experience. <laughs> but Margaret, let's get into it. So you found yourself in India this week. How is your first visit to the subcontinent going? Well, I'm here for two weeks and uh, my first destination has been Mumbai. And wow, what a place. The metropolitan region is home to about 24 million people, uh, you know, almost the population of Canada, tens of millions more in the broader region. And, uh, you know, I've just, just been blown away by it. Uh, I studied India for many years, the history and the philosophy, and being able to connect my understanding of historical and literary India with uh, the modern world has been really, really special. And I've been seeing some of the most stark contrasts here in this city, uh, from immense wealth and opportunity to startling poverty. And of course, as a developing country, there are still many miles to go in assuring health and wealth for all people in India. But they certainly call Mumbai the city of dreams for a reason. Uh, there's so, so many people here dreaming of a brighter future. Uh, lots of young professionals that I'm meeting, uh, lots of folks who are just normal working individuals uh, looking for better opportunities for their families. Uh, but general impressions, you know, the food is spicy, no surprise. Uh, it's uh, consistently uh, warm, a little bit wet, and uh, the weather on the report is always reading smoggy or smoky. So that's certainly been an interesting experience so far. Oh, yeah, me and my co-host, Natasha, we love the food in India, so we're, like, kind of really, like, jealous of you right now. And, Margareta, <laughs> since that's my city you're in, <laughs> you want to oh, hit... No, I... <laughs> I was like, oh my God, she's in Mumbai, my most favorite city. You want to hit me up with a call? I'm going to tell you where to eat, where to dine, where to go. <laughs> All the inside info. <laughs> All right, Margaret. So now let's get back to this. So meanwhile, in BC, there has been another targeted attack in the Bulkley Valley with four RCMP cruisers and several government vehicles, including an ambulance being set on fire outside of Smithers Area Hotel. The RCMP's Community Industry Response Group announced this in the news. What's going on? Well, it's been quite a shock to uh, make sense of, you know, the, one of, you know, many attacks, actually, so far. There's been a couple. It's uh, an arson, and it's suspected as being part of a targeted attack related to the RCMP's enforcement activities in relation to the Coastal Gas Link Pipeline Project. And the uh, reason I wanted to connect these two threads here was uh, this is a project that wants to sh ship liquefied natural gas, LNG, uh, to Asia, to markets, in including India. Um, and, of course, this attack has been a really frightening reminder of the polarization and toxicity that's unfortunately been cultivated around natural resource development in B.C. and Canada as a whole. Uh, and, of course, the Bulgari Valley is mostly within the traditional territories of the Wet'suwet'en people. Uh, you know, unfortunately, many Canadians are going to recognize that name for exactly the wrong reasons. Uh, you know, thriving culture, uh, amazing people, uh, great history and practices and so much richness and depth there, but... Um, so many people will just remember the protests in 2020 uh, that bore the, the name of, of the Wet'suwet'en people. Um, but in this case, there's been, you know, targeted uh, protests by um, many individuals and some groups opposed to uh, natural resource development. And in this incident, uh, one RCMP vehicle uh, was burned. Um, apparently, 
you know, six were targeted in total, including an ambulance. Um, and the most frightening part of it all was the arsonists were seemingly unconcerned about the safety of guests of the Sunshine Inn. Um, and I, I think in a general sense, this ongoing violence is pointing to the toxicity and challenges around dealing with climate change. Um, you know, how, how do we have intelligent, informed, peaceful conversations about this topic? Um, and the project itself is about 70% complete right now. And, you know, last February, there was actually another incident where a worker crew, including many First Nations workers on the project, were forced to flee in their vehicles. They were attacked by about 20 people wielding axes uh, in the middle of the night. There was video footage of this. It was really, really scary. Um, the attackers stayed around and they vandalized equipment in buildings. They damaged millions of dollars worth of equipment, actually. Um, and in fact, there's uh, protest organizers related to this uh, who are soon going to stand trial on criminal contempt charges stemming from another incident. Um, and they've just been telling their social media followers, you know, take action in any way to stop the progress of coastal gas link. Uh, and these calls to action are, you know, rhetorical, but... I mean, the fact that they're having, you know, clearly violent outcomes means it goes a little bit deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Now, let's take this back to the global context. What does Canadian natural gas have to do with India's economy and energy needs? India, like every country in Asia, in fact, most countries around the world, is looking for ways to reduce their CO2 emissions or methane emissions um, related to fossil fuel use. Uh, It's the thing that the world runs on. And, uh, you know, I've certainly seen from the air quality here, uh, you know, there's everything from, you know, garbage being burned uh, because the waste management systems are not entirely up to to, to snuff for a city of tens of millions uh, to just massive traffic from city end to city end and all the emissions associated with cooking and electricity generation. Uh, Of course, there's no shortage of examples here. Uh, I'm actually in India looking at a hydrogen technology that has been developed here, potentially trying to see if there's a way to bring it home to Canada uh, to meet some of our needs. But, of course, the value of exporting clean fuels, like liquefied natural gas, um, is part of a solution for a global transition. And we're all in the midst of talking about it. Climate change is hitting us hard. We need to be focused on realistic solutions to the problem. And fuel switching is a really, really important way to look at it. So, of course, seeing Canadian natural gas export infrastructure be targeted in such a frightening and escalated way um, really just reminds me of the need to enforce the rule of law, see projects through to completion, but more importantly, cultivate a better, more informed and civil discourse around not only energy transition, but also climate issues and environmental management. Mm. Now, there is a major climate gathering happening in Egypt next month. What can you tell us about it? Yeah, so that's uh, the Conference of Parties, COPE. 27, the 27th gathering that's happening in Sharm el-Sheikh, November 6th to November 18th. And it's an annual gathering of governments, many civil society, uh, people from around the world that seeks to draw together consensus on global efforts to fight climate change. Um, So they talk about transition pathways. Uh, Very often the organizations involved in this will issue reports. Uh, They often make headlines uh, talking about the things that the world needs to do to stop climate change, the impacts if we're not able to. And, of course, in the midst of what is going to be probably a busy news cycle around COP27, it's an opportunity for Canadians to consider how we want to be part of the global picture in transition and climate action. And as I send my 
next couple of weeks here in India, I'm going to be thinking a lot about um, not only what we can offer the world, and you know, that's everything from Canadian ingenuity, our innovation, our ability to produce resource commodities that the world needs in responsible ways, um, but it's also what the world can bring to Canada. And you know, in this case, like I said, it's an Indian innovation that we're looking at. But I think in a general sense, we all need to be thinking about how we can have informed, rational, fact-based discussions. Um, it's important to build consensus in communities and ensuring that we're all on the same page about the scale and the impact of what Canada can do for the world is a vital part of this. And I hope that in the midst of these scary news, um, very, very, very frightening news in the Bulkley Valley in northern BC, uh, we can pause for a second and think about how we can ensure the safety of workers building critical infrastructure and how we can work together to build the consensus we need so things like that don't happen again. Margaret, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You take care. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks, you too.